Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the third and final bye week edition of Supercoach Edge. And uh, given the sun is about to set on our bye run, some might call it the golden hour, but in line with our Bond theme here that we're going with across the uh, the bye rounds, we're labelling this the golden bye. <laughs> I like that. I like that. And thank God. I don't know. The buys, the only benefit for me so far with the buys is that I don't have to worry about half my team scoring like shit. So <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. That is, yeah, I feel for you because you've 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 been run <sighs> through the absolute ringer. I feel like as well, you know, with you know six-ish teams not playing, I have less issues with injuries coming up as well. So there's some benefits. Yeah. There's some benefits, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah, there's there's a, there's another one as well that's uh, unfortunately coming out of the weekend, which we'll touch on, uh, yeah. that you'll have to deal with, unfortunately. But as you say, um, you only have to feel 18. And as a, I mean, yeah. you say like it's it's an easy thing to do because it has been bloody hard. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see how we go. Yeah, but, I um, yes, I haven't fielded 18 yet. No, no. Oh, well, you haven't? No. no. I think I did. I had 17 last round, 17 this round. I ended up dropping yeah. a couple. Yes, yeah. anyway. I think uh, I think there's a lot of people out there uh, that are in the same boat, and uh, I'll be very much in the same boat um, this week, uh, heading into um, the last buy round. That's for sure. But yes, we are fresh off the Queen's birthday clash as we record this episode, which um, I guess was the bow on what was an action-packed round filled with the highs and the lows, of course. So let's recap all our trials and tribulations with the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yes, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we run through a quick recap of how our T20 
teams, both our teams ran, uh, and look at the the, the players that, that scored well and the the players that didn't score so well as well. Uh, but first off, um, I didn't get the W this week, um, and I did score. I was actually pretty happy with it, eighteen twenty eight, considering I only fielded seventeen. Um, and we'll, we'll touch on some some more issues later. Uh, overall ranking was twenty four thousand six hundred thirty four, which is a I jumped up I think about three k ish. Um, off memory. And then in terms of trades this round, uh, I traded out Paddy McCartan and McComb from the Bulldogs, uh, both obviously having their buys and sort of maxing out in terms of their cash gen and brought in Darcy Parrish, who was subbed out and Mitch Owens, who was also subbed out. So <laughs> that was fun. That, just, that tells a tale of your year, doesn't it? Unfortunately. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. And yeah, but anyway, well, let's go on to my good, my bad, my ugly. It'll, we'll touch on some of these things shortly. And I've got a little bit different this week. Just, you know, just thought I had to throw something in to uh, spice it up a little bit. And in the good, I've actually got Spike McVeigh. Spike Ooh. McVeigh. And you know why? It's for yes. playing Cogs in his correct position and giving us yeah, a forward with a three-round average of 133. I mean, I don't even know what he scored. 174. What a massive score. I mean, I know it did come against North Melbourne. And his other big score was, uh, what was it, 140-something or 150-something. Yeah. But, but uh, you know, we say it's just against North Melbourne, but if it was, you know, Leon Cameron at the helm, then he would have probably scored about 47. True. So, yep. uh, yeah, it's uh, it's come under the, uh, you know, I guess the, the great guidance of Spike. He knows. And he actually came out and he was quoted. I think exactly. it must have been like, I reckon it was a journo that asked the question that is like a heavy super coacher. I don't know if it was Tim Mitchell yeah. or someone else, but I asked him the question specifically about like playing plays in their position. And he said, like, virtually, I believe that, you know, we should be playing plays in their, in their position, natural positions. And Cogs is a natural midfielder. And it's almost like he gave like a bit of a backhanded comment on like towards Leon yeah. coming on the way out. Hilarious. Good stuff, Spike. So yeah, that, that was purely why he's in the good. Uh, Cogs, you know, secondary, you know, scoring 174, good on you, but Spike McVay, <laughs> that's what I want to see. Playing plays in their correct position. Uh, yeah, without without McVay, there is no Cogs scoring 174. Yeah, exactly. um, <laughs> in the bad, I've got your boy, Walshie. Yeah. And I'm sorry to say it, but he had everything going for him, I, I feel, on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, should have scored well, but just didn't capitalise. Not a great week, especially from someone that I was considering to have my VC on. Now, in terms of the ugly, I've got the black hat that clearly <laughs> crossed my path before the start of this season. And it's just put a curse on the players that, you know, I trade in. Uh, and as I mentioned at the start of the episode, it was, you know, this round I traded in Parrish, who was subbed out. I think he copped a, a corky in the opening bounce mm. and then tried to run out the game admirably, but obviously was subbed out. Um, and then we had Mitch Owens, who unfortunately suffered a... Um, concussion on the weekend seems to be the running theme of the year but hopefully hopefully it's all going up from here things things can't get worse you know when you're down the bottom <laughs> <laughs> now Liam I know you mentioned there as well about the black cat it's almost it's a culmination of things it's almost like you picked up a black cat you walked under a ladder and then yeah. you walked straight into it into a mirror and smashed it like you've done yeah. like multiple things that just have gone towards this this culmination of, uh, of bad luck because it's it's getting to ridiculous levels now. And I do, like everyone should be feeling for you. And we were chatting about it pre-show that like super coach so much, like there's only so much, you know, skill that comes into it. There's only so far you can go with skill. And it's it's the rest of the way that needs to be carried 
yeah. with luck. And unfortunately, you know, the luck hasn't gone in your your favor this year. But the moves you've been making have been good, have been calculated. But like Parrish, a lot of people traded him in over the weekend. Pretty much everyone traded in Owens because he was the only sort of cash cow downgrade. Yeah. And it's just, it's so shit. But I also must mention as well, Parrish was obviously the, the worst of the bad luck, but the other popular trade-ins were Merritt. So he failed to score yeah. 100, struggled. Walsh was another one. My boy struggled as well. So there was a fair bit of um, fair bit of bad luck um, yeah, sort of definitely going around. around but around all of those trades, I agree. Mm. I agree. And just but, on Parrish, for instance, it's he hasn't missed a game since uh, twenty nine oh, since the start of twenty nineteen. So it's like, what are the chances that he uh, he now suffers an injury? But anyway, it is yep. what it is. Uh, we'll, we'll build. We'll, we will rebuild. Now we rebuild. <laughs> I like that. We will rebuild. Exactly right. See, and that's the positive attitude to take, Liam. And that will that will outweigh. And you know what? I always think about, you know, with every negative comes a positive. And it's the yin and the yang. So you are more than deserving of positive uh, luck, whatever it is, coming your way towards the, the back half of the year. We've passed the halfway mark now. So I reckon with the yin, this is going to be the yang. And it's going to be the positive yang. So I've got my fingers crossed okay. for you, Liam. Yeah, it'll, it'll come. Don't worry. The wheel will turn. Uh, on my front, uh, the wheel is is turning in my favor. So I'm probably due yes, a bit of bad luck. So no, knock on wood, all the wood that uh, I continue going. All right. So I scored 1,933, which quite amazingly, I finished one point short of equaling last week's score with one less player having fielded uh, 17 players. So um, that was quite, uh, quite interesting. Um yeah, very, very strange, almost to to the point. Um, overall ranking, thankfully, I am in the right direction. So I'm now ranked 7,227th overall and it rose 3,647 spots. And most pleasingly, I have cut my ranking almost in half in the space of, uh, I think it's around about four weeks now, after being ranked 14,089th back in round 10. So... Um, yeah, I mean, to, to make as much ground as I have over that time span is quite pleasing. And hopefully I can continue on the same trajectory for the second half of the year. So hopefully I can I can bring you along with me, Liam. I'm, I'm going to rub off my um, my positivity uh, towards you. And hopefully we can uh, we can go arm in arm uh, and tackle the other uh, second half of the season uh, with a bit of bit of valor. Let's, uh, let's do it. But uh, in terms of trades, I, uh, I ended up trading McCartan to Walshie. Unfortunately, that didn't really work out in my favor. Um, wasn't as bad as, as Parrish. He was someone that I was thinking about bringing in. But of course, I'm probably thankful in the case that uh, I've got the affiliation and the love for my boy Walshie. Because otherwise, mm. if Walshie wasn't around that mark and if he wasn't in the form, I would have opted for Parrish. So I'm very lucky there. Uh, McComb traded him in to Owens to make that that bank and um, ended up trading Clark to, to Mountford. And, and that last trade there was done uh, very late. It was actually done this morning uh, on Monday morning, heading into the Queen's birthday clash. And the reason I did it was because it allowed me to activate my, you know, defender midfield swing and grab 140.9 K by cashing in Clark, which also allowed me to grab Weir's score off the bench by looping him in because I had a full, uh, full group of, of six defenders playing and Weir was marooned on the bench with that 66. So, Ended up bringing in Mountford, swung crisp into the midfields, and then I also um, was able to, I guess, yeah, 
uh, loop in weird score. So you'll be able to make out what I did with the graphic if you're watching this episode on YouTube. And if you're not, there's another reason to do it because uh, that complicated explanation there, that, that convoluted explanation probably made no sense if you listened to it on the podcast. So check that out. But yeah, in the end, virtually it allowed me to bring in the 66 and field 17 players as opposed to, uh, to 16. In terms of the good, so Cogs obviously gets the good here for his 174, like you said, and, and Spike McVeigh by extension. But as a point of difference in terms of my own specific team, Brayshaw, thank the Lord. Thank the Supercoach gods. He has finally delivered his highest score for me since I traded him in back in round nine with a 135. So he goes into the buy with a well-earned rest. So well done to the young whippersnapper from Frio. And an honorable mention also to the rookie maestro, from your mob, Liam, that is Ben Hobbs, who scored 83 in a bye week where I needed as many extra points as I could, being able to only field a 17. So bravo, bravo to the... Uh, he's actually... I can't remember a time where I've actually liked an Essendon player, obviously being a, a Carlton supporter, um, but I do have a soft spot now for him. I watched him live at the game, and uh, I don't know, something about him. The way he moves, he's, he's already well-built as well. Um so it's just great to watch and um, good to see him go about his thing and score 83 in the weekend. In terms of the bad, <sighs> unfortunately, first up on debut, Walshy, he did struggle. Um, but I like to think, Liam, that it's due to the weight of expectation that I had on him. Um, <laughs> but I just want to reassure the great man, just to, just to settle the nerves. Don't worry, mate. I'm not going to judge you. It's fine. I know I know. being in my side, it's there's a lot of expectation, but he, he can bounce back next week better than yeah. ever. So... You know, I must also issue an apology to those that brought him in because uh, I probably was the catalyst for his bad score. So apologies to those of you out there that brought him in. In terms of the ugly, um, Owens, which is pretty unfortunate, um, but he does find himself in the ugly just because he did have the lowest score, but through no fault of his own, given he was concussed early on in the game. So hopefully he can return to the Saints side um, you know, in a couple of weeks' time and continue being a decent cash cow slash cover for the remainder of the season. So uh, unfortunate for Owens, um, but it is what it is. In terms of our head-to-head, Liam, we wanted to, uh, we discussed it last week, whether or not we continued on with it and we troop it on. And uh, how, did, how yeah. did we go? Well, you won. So it's uh, <laughs> 10 wins to you, to three losses, uh, and a point differential of three, uh, 603. So you did get a handy extension there with 105 points, Um and you managed to crack the double figures as well, which is nice. Yes, yes. I did get the option, Liam, to uh, to, I know. To, to put it on ice, but um, yeah, no. I know. We're probably at different, different stages. On. Exactly. And that's the attitude as well. Going back to the positive attitude, it will it will manifest, I think. it's um, It'll manifest itself in some positive scores, I imagine, down the I'm, track. I'm so actually, like I'm kind of hoping that it just keeps going badly this year. So that then next year I've used up all my negative karma and it's just good oh, stuff. Yeah. So I can, you know, finish number one next year based off the fact that this year I'm <laughs> an absolute shit show. <laughs> shit show. Oh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I'm pro- I had a little bit of bad luck last year, sort of in the back end. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, I think it's going it, to, it comes, it comes in, uh, in waves, I think. And it does. Unless yeah. you're uh, probably, you could probably ask Em as well. Supercoach mama. Like she, I think she started the season pretty slow and then she came back um, with a few good moves and she had just had luck on her side. And she'll probably be testament to that fact that you do mm. need a bit of luck behind you in order to, um, to you know, 
potentially be in the running for the overall. Um, but fingers crossed, fingers crossed it all turns, the wheel turns. But um, Liam, let's uh, let's just delve into some of the talking points to come out of the weekend. And in doing so, let's uh, look a little bit closer in our next segment, which is the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to tell. In the week that was, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. Yes, and um, first up, I guess those that helped Proust were left disappointed with GWS all but confirming our suspicions that the big man is well and truly out of favour. So it's quite amusing because the past couple of weeks, McVeigh and the Giants coaching staff have said that, oh, he's been afflicted by illness. And it's kind of along the lines of a, you know, a, a Scott from, uh, from Geelong where they're just Ooh. running out these non-truths. I would I'd probably call it a lie, I think, if we're going to be uh, blunt about it. And they've said, oh, you know, he's, he's been been ill, hasn't been 100%, yet he lined up in their VFL team uh, last last game they played, um, before their bye, and then he's lined up again on the weekend. So all this hoopla about, oh, you know, he's not 100%. If he wasn't 100%, he's not going to play at any level. So that's just utter crap. So it's just at the moment, it's obvious that he's out of favor. But to his credit... On the weekend in the VFL side, he finished with two goals, one and 14 disposals, whilst his teammate uh, in Flynn at senior level struggled, conceding a whopping 60 hitouts to Goldstein and Cherry to just his 11. Wow. Given his individual performance, there is hope yet for those that have held Proust. So um, he may find himself back in the side, but uh, just keep an eye on that one. Um, but yeah, if you've held him for this long, I think you almost... Need to hold out the hope that he's going to come back in. But um, yeah, be interested to see if he comes back in by himself or if he comes back in with Flynn. So we'll probably address that uh, next week um, after we see what happens. Yes. And uh, another talking point out of this round was uh, Bailey Smith. And I mean, if you've been living under a rock, you're not going to know what's happened. But uh, <laughs> things have gone from bad to worse uh, for any, any owners, I guess, um, with an extra suspension looming for the young dog after... Photos and a video um, emerged of him allegedly using illicit drugs. Uh, that surfaced, obviously, during the week. So wait to see what the outcome is. But unfortunately, owners may have to consider punting him now that he could face upwards of four-plus weeks. I mean, on the sidelines, I mean, they're suggesting that he's going to get two weeks for the, for the drugs, I guess. Um, that would be on top of his two weeks with suspension and his one-week on just the buy in general buy in the weekend yeah so that would equal five weeks i i mean yeah i mean that's what's coming out is the two weeks for the drugs i probably think that maybe there's a bit more coming yeah. his way for that you'd think yeah you'd you'd hope so anyway because it annoys me as well that uh, just quickly on this before we move on but it annoys me slightly that they've come out and sell these whispers that they're only going to give him two weeks Two weeks is like the equivalent of headbutting someone virtually, as we know, because he copped oh, two yeah, weeks. Exactly. Yeah. But like he is the most popular player in the AFL at the moment in terms of he's the most followed on social media on Instagram. And yeah. to set that example for youngsters, like it's just, it's just ridiculous. Like, honestly, it's, it's, it, it really is. is. It's the, it's a classic case of the AFL picking and choosing, um, which as we saw Ben Cousins was never, like he never tested positive. Yeah, we know he was using drugs. Oh, 100%. Um, non, Non-performance enhancing. He was using, obviously, no. crystal meth yeah, and stuff. Yeah, whatever, yeah. Uh, in line with cocaine, obviously not a little bit of a heavier drug, but still, they're both illicit substances. 
and it should be treated as such, both the same. So the fact that he's only going to be given two weeks in season uh, is an absolute joke. So hopefully the AFL can turn around, um, you know, and, and reassess that. Yeah, unfortunate for anyone that did trade him in early as well before he got that DPP status. Yep, going to be very, very interesting. But um, on the injury front this round, we saw popular trade-in options subbed out mid-game due to injury, mm-hmm. including Parrish, who we spoke about with that corked calf, and Mitch Owens with concussion. And uh, I guess hopefully we'll see Parrish on the park this week for those who traded him in. And Owens, uh, hopefully he can return after his concussion protocols uh, with the week out uh, resting. Yes, and uh, injury sort of news, I guess, or worries, uh, continued on in the ruck line as well, uh, with both Gorn and Darcy sustaining in-game niggles. Both ran out the game, um, so hopefully there's nothing to worry about there, but just, I guess, keep an eye out. any news that might come out about those guys. But uh, let's move on to all things trades in The Price is Right. The price is wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and weight options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros and cons and the notable players to factor in who who faced the buys um, and will be facing the buys next week as well. But first off, before we delve into the best trade targets, let's rehash what presents us in thankfully the final bye week damon yes uh yes okay I, I can do the honors it'll just uh, re- remind me of um the fact that i don't have 18 players <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes in this final bye week uh we again have six teams on the bye and they are brisbane collingwood frio hawthorne melbourne and north and just going through the five most notable players from each according to ownership they include at Brisbane, Neil, Rich, Bailey, Rayner, and Berry, Collingwood, Nick Dacos, Crisp, Dagoe, Lipinski, Cameron. At Frio, Brody, Brayshaw, Ryan, uh, Sean Darcy, and Chapman. From Hawthorne, it is Sicily, McDonald, Butler, Mitchell, and Newcomb. Uh, from Melbourne, it is, it's a lot here, Gorn, yeah. Oliver, Petrarca, Jackson, and Ooh. Bowie. And for North, it is Jason, Horn, Francis, but I mean, he's... Probably, I mean, I think he is facing a suspension. I haven't seen, I saw yep. that there was a ban, but I didn't read the article about to see how much, but he's out. Uh, Curtis, Cherry, McDonald, and uh, Todd, Todd Goldstein. Michalo, Michalo is a grandsire. Franco, God, so he's in Brenton. Foot is dry, foot is dry, foot is dry, foot is dry, foot is dry. Bye for Franco, God, so he's in Brenton. He can foot is dry. Ole! Let's kick it off. Well, with our first, our first sort of sell option in the sell category, yes. it's a bit of a, a bit of an interesting one because you could go either way. So this isn't a hundred percent sell, and it comes down to, as we always say at this stage of the year, comes down to your structure and the number of plays you have available, and in terms of your overall plan, whether or not you know you have the cash and you have the the good timing to upgrade this man to a primo. And it is Nick Dacos as a defender and midfielder priced at 404.1K with an average of 83.2 and a break even of eight. And of course he does have that by this weekend. Mm. So yes, as I said, this isn't one who is as you know cut and dry when it comes to whether or not you trade him out. Um, and it's probably particularly because of the fact that uh, his recent form has been really, really good. And as we saw today in the Queen's birthday clash, he carried that on. And it's also the fact that he once again kick-started his cash generation, rising 30.5K this weekend Oof. with a new break-even of just eight. So um, mm. we're both in the same boat, Liam. We, we punted him out. Uh, for me, I think it was back in round nine or 10 uh, for Doherty, which has worked out you know, well. But I mean, I wish I kind of kept him out to an extent because yeah. I'd love to have him as like sort of the last rookie per se is, you know, to 
to keep him on for as long as I can and then upgrade him last. But, you know, he's done very, very well. But by the same token, with his lofty price at the moment at 404.1k, if you are lacking players for the last buy round, he is the ideal candidate to upgrade on his buy. However, you know, if you can upgrade others around him and afford to wait, it probably could net you an extra 30k or thereabouts after his first game back from his buy. So um, there's a question as well that's been sent to it, into us uh, in Augusta Null, which we'll address uh, when it comes to, you know, the merits of trading out someone like a Nick Dacos, who has a little yeah. bit of money left to make, um, conversely with, you know, trading him out to a genuine primo. So, you know, do you do you afford to wait or or do you trade him out to a primo? So we'll address that in Augusta Null. Yes. Now moving on to the next option on the sale list, it is Jason Horn Francis, who is mid forward eligible, 292.8 K averaging 63.6 with a break even of 89 and faces the buy this coming round. And the young Roo finds himself on the end of a two week suspension to go with his upcoming buy after clocking Jake, sorry, Josh Kelly with a, a swinging arm. It was pretty, I don't know. It was pretty, I don't know how to say it without without saying it. it was a bit of a. It was pretty pretty low, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I just think it was it was pretty crude um, way of doing what he was doing. But uh, anyway, uh, scored a season low twenty six on the weekend in a game filled with frustrations uh, for the young young JHF. Uh, yeah. Equally concerning is both his scoring form and his cash generation are in decline with a three-round average of just 46 compared to his overall average of 63.6, telling the tale. Likewise, he has already lost 18.8K on the weekend. So cash him in now if you haven't already. Yes, yeah, that probably goes without saying. I think a lot of people would have already traded him out, but if you still yeah. have him, um, yeah, now's a perfect time. With all that, the combination of being on the buy, two-week suspension and the fact that he's losing money now, get rid of him 100%. There's no use in keeping him at all. So if you do have him, he is the number one trade-out option. Uh, moving on to another sell option. And um, a lot of these guys here are, you know, I guess cash cows that um, you've carried across the journey. And uh, there's this guy here, Connor McDonald, Liam. We've, uh, we've carried him from the very, very get-go. And he is a midfielder forward, priced at 206.1K, averaging a 43.3 with a break-even of 34 of course, on the buy this weekend. And he was omitted from the Hawks lineup on the weekend. And uh, yeah, I guess with his buy this weekend, coupled with the fact his break-even is uh, now hovering near his average, it's uh, yeah probably the perfect time to cash him in if you can, um, especially if you are lacking uh, 18 players uh, to field this week in the last buy week. Definitely. Or just hold him for the whole year, just, just carry <laughs> yeah. him the entire He's like way. a mascot. He's, he's a team mascot. <laughs> Just carry him through. I didn't actually think about that. I was like, I, he's been. It's like we've come this far together as one, and it's just like yeah. he's not. He's not turning. He's not you know setting the world on fire. But it's just like yeah, you haven't really made that much cash. Like you know, you could probably trade him a into bad. a yeah. Not bad, but I just I haven't considered trading him out just because <laughs> he's a staple in my side. Yeah, it's the the emotional <laughs> attachment, yeah. and it's kind of like because there were a couple of weeks there where he actually filled in. Where mm. we, I can't remember. Was it the first, was that was it before the buys? There was like an injury or something. Yeah, yeah. He came in as the as the sub pretty early on, I think. Yeah, it was like a late in as well when we needed yeah. like. Cover. There was one. Yeah, he was late in. I think in the Essendon game. Yeah. Um, he was a late in, um, which helped, and then he was a he was a sub, came on early, scored pretty well, was great. But... <laughs> 
when I say pretty well, I mean pretty well by his standards. Uh, it was probably 50 or below, uh, but we needed it. We needed it at the time. Yeah, it's that emotional attachment. It's like that, yeah. I just, I'm having that boys to men song in my head at the moment. Like, <laughs> now that we go to the end of the road. And that's kind of what it is. And it's like his, his head's fading in. But it's not the end of the road. Not yet for you anyway, Liam. No. But I'm considering punting him, unfortunately, because <laughs> I need cash. You got, you got me some of those Conan McDonald uh, points, man. He's like, no, no points here. I'm going to have to trade you in. I'm going to go down to Cashies and trade him in. You reckon I'll no. get <laughs> some loose change? Uh, yeah, maybe. All silver, anyway, nothing gold. Oh, poor Conan McDonald. Yep. Let's move on. Let's, uh, buy, let's look at the buy options for this round. And there's some juicy options, actually. Uh, Callum Mills kicks it off with being obviously mid-eligible, 622.6K, averaging 127.1 with a break-even of 130. Obviously, he's coming off his buy this round, and that makes him a great option for those in need of another midfielder. Uh, he has one of the highest ceilings for mids this season as well. Um, with I think he's scored that over 200 yeah. way back when he was against Hawthorne. And... Uh, You'll be able to grab him at a reasonably decent price considering he did peak at almost 670k. So you'll be able to grab him for 622.6k. I mean, his break-even of 130 is below his average for the season, and it is below his three and five round average. So you might be able to grab him a little bit cheaper if you wait. Um, but if you are looking for a um for a mid option, I don't think there's any issue with bringing in Callum Mills. I think yep. you'll be quite happy. Yep, very nice. Where's he uh in terms of, sorry, this is a question without notice. I probably should have looked yep. at this, but um, he was at one stage the highest ranked midfielder, wasn't he? I don't know where he is yes, at he the moment. Was. It's probably a bit skewed now coming out of the buy. Yeah, coming um, out of the buy is probably a little bit awkward. He is the uh, fourth highest ranked mid based off total points. Yeah, okay. And he's yeah, the fourth highest scoring player based off average as well. So overall, he is yeah, sort okay. of number fourth overall. Yep. Yeah, nice. Well, yeah, if you can get him in uh, and you do have the cash for it, then, uh, yeah, think about bringing him in. There's another guy you should think about bringing in, Liam, and uh, a lot yeah. of people uh, have already brought him in if they didn't have him. But if you don't have him, it's going to be uh, yeah, a bit of a – it's going to be hard for you to say no, I think. Uh, and it is well, Miller. 64% of teams that don't have him. Really? Yeah, he's only well, 36.1% of teams. Well, that's I think that might change. That might change this weekend. Tookie mm. Miller, uh, midfielder, priced at five seventy five point seven k. What a bargain! Averaging a one seventeen point seven with a break even of just fifty seven. So, yes, if you're one of those coaches out there that fit into that percentage, it is time to bring him in. So he's obviously only got that break even of fifty seven. So he is going to go up in price, no doubt. And you'll also be able to grab him at his cheapest price point since the start of the season. So. Um, yeah, it's just when you're, when you're speaking of bargains, he is yeah. top of the list at the moment. So you're grabbing a player for sub 600K who has dropped below 100 just two times. So he is someone with a you know, super high floor. And uh, when we talk about that, obviously goes hand in hand with if you're someone that, that is going for head-to-head -head leagues, cashies, all that sort of thing, then you know, you've know you got to um, you've got to really factor it in. So uh, the fact of that, but also... Coupled with the fact that he's gone above at 120 in half of the games he has played this season as well. So he's got that that super high ceiling, as you see. And um, yeah, with that comes a, a potential captaincy option. Just adds another to the list. So it uh, gives you a bit of flexibility um, from week to week. 
as someone that um, if Gold Coast play later in the week, um, is a bit more of an assured option, I think, as a C because of that high floor, high ceiling. So, um, yeah. It, yeah, he comes with uh, different strings to his bow. Think about bringing him in, most definitely. Yeah, and just to add to that, he's the sixth highest ranked mid for the season. So you're wow. getting him at a really good discount, really good discount. Um, yeah. just, just to factor that in as well. Now, moving on, we've got the Bont, Marcus Buntampalli, mid-forward eligible, 583.7K, averaging 110.8 with a break-even of 132. Now, with that higher break-even, uh, you could probably potentially afford to wait another week. But if you are struggling to field a team of 18, maybe you have 17 or you've got 16, some may this weekend, <laughs> it's going to be a tough round. It could pay to pull the trigger early. Uh, he's virtually bottomed out, having dropped to 68K already and may only drop another 10-ish K if he manages to score around 100 against the Giants. Uh, the fact he has only scored below 100 in two out of 12 games flashes the high floor he has. And it's something that is just pure gold when it comes to head-to-head -head league matches. And I think just the fact that he's got that forward eligibility, I think he's the second ranked forward. Um, uh, third, third at the moment, yeah, behind uh, English okay. and and Dunks, yeah. But <clears throat> yeah, he's the, um, yeah, he's, and well, actually, I think he's ranked, so, oh no, I was going to say he's three-round average, but it's, it's fallen away a bit. But yeah, in terms of overall average, <laughs> excuse me, he's yeah. um third overall, but yeah. Very much, he's very, very similar to, to Miller in a sense, where he's, yeah, got that high floor, high ceiling, but he just, he comes with that added strings to his bow that good old running man doesn't have in being a, um, a dual position player. So, nice certainly. Love absolutely it. Absolutely juicy. Uh, another option to think about bringing in is another dual position player, and it is Jordan Dawson as a midfielder forward. Uh, sorry, midfielder defence, uh, I should say, uh, priced at 566.8K, averaging a 106.2 with a break-even of 117. So he has hit some great form in recent weeks, and he hasn't dropped below 100 since round seven. So he is on, on a hot run of form at the moment. So he comes again as another player with a very, very reliable floor, high floor with his three lower scores reading 81, 94, and 97. But Hasn't got the, I guess, highest ceiling uh, like Bont and Miller do with his three best scores reading 134, 130, and 123. So he hasn't really eclipsed beyond that mark uh, too often. So he's reminiscent, I guess, of a, a Bailey Dale in uh, in 2021. So yeah, very, very similar. You've written that down, Liam. So I like that. Good comparison there in terms of trying to you know think comparatively uh, about another player um, who also did well last year. But I mean, yeah, limited sort of ceiling there, but uh, consistent. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's what you'll get with him. You'll get those, you just can rely on those scores, which is nice. Mm. Now, moving on, we've got a bit of an interesting option. Um, mm. It is Harry Himmelberg, yes. eligible as a forward, 435.7K, averaging 80.3, with a break-even of minus 61. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. That there? His break-even, I think, before, before this round was one. Wow. And what did he, he yeah. went up 85.4K on the weekend, 85.4K. Yeah. And with a oh, score of 81, a projected score of 81, he's projected to go up 63.8K. Oh. Keep in mind wow. that his three round average is, his five round average as well is well above that. It's 98.8. His three round average is 131. Wow. So in the past two weeks, so obviously he scored 126 and 187. And yep. he he's actually gone up. 117k yeah in two weeks 
Yeah. Holy shit. So it could go up another 63.8. Yeah. yeah. Wow. His move, I guess it's based off that move to the forward line. Uh, sorry, to the back line from Defense, the forward yeah. line. It's an interesting option, but it's probably not one for the faint of heart. Uh, he has been moved to the back line and he's seeing some great scoring with in the last three rounds, uh, 80, 126 and 187. Um, he's a bit of an out-of-the-box pick, which would present well for someone looking for a for a big pod, let's be honest. He's only in mm. uh, 0.5% of teams. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, 0.7 on the weekend. He went up wow. by 3%, uh, 0.3%. Uh, so... Yeah, remember, obviously, the 126 and the 187 are points in the bank already. You're not going to make those points back. Exactly. Um, and there's every chance he does also get thrown forward if the need arises for the Giants. Um, obviously, being a handy forward, um, decent forward. Um, so oh, I, I kind of like it. I do kind yeah. of like it. It's a very interesting option. It's very out of the box, um, especially for someone like myself who's trying to you know, yeah. wrestle back. A little bit of something so i'm considering him but i don't know whether he's the right option for me yeah he's very much like a a bit of a similar to i don't know how many people went for him but tom lynch um you know he had that out of the box yeah. sort of month um <clears throat> going back a month or two ago uh where he's kicking bags upon bags and i think he went up around about a hundred and hundred and something k over a couple uh, two three weeks or something or thereabouts um and he's kind of like in the similar boat. Um, so you could use him as a bit of a playing cash cow. I mean, he's already gone up that you know, 117K or whatever it was, but he is projected to potentially go up another close to 100K over the next couple of weeks. If he can uh, average, I think over the next two weeks, uh, around about 90 odd or thereabouts um, against uh, coming up. So he's got, he's obviously had the, the buy as well, which works. So he's going to play this weekend against the Bulldogs, who just quickly having a look before any sort of big changes when it comes to the stat side of things, when it comes to defense V position, as we normally go into when it comes to, you know, exploiting matchups mm -hmm. and stuff. The dogs at the moment are ranked uh, the second worst when it comes to conceding points to general defenders, which he should fit into as a, you know, a tall defender. Um, but he is playing a bit of a loose, loose role as well. Um, so, yeah, that plays into his hands. And then he has Collingwood uh, the week after, who don't sort of factor in nor here nor there in terms of exploiting a matchup. But, yeah, he's um, he's a very interesting one. Um, so I think because we are at this stage of the year as well, um, we're probably spending a little bit too much time on Himmelberg, but he's probably someone to speak of because I think a lot of people will be thinking about mm. bringing him in. Um, and... The fact that there aren't really any reliable rookies to downgrade to at the moment, apart from, you know, as we saw, there's no one on the bubble at the moment, which we'll delve into uh, shortly. Um, and there is a guy, Judson Clark, played his, uh, his first game on the weekend. And a lot of people will be trading him in on his second game. But again, there's no sort of assurance that he's going to play beyond that. Um, and a lot of people will be bringing him in as that cash cow. Uh, so you've used a trade to bring him in there and then potentially another trade to trade him out when he does go up in cash, but we don't know how many games he's going to play. We don't know how much cash he's going to generate. Whereas with Himmelberg, we know he's going to go up potentially uh, around about a hundred K over the next couple of weeks, um, yeah. which is, you know, a trade and equivalent of, you know, uh, the, the, the mascot that we speak of in Connor McDonald, yeah. um, who we've held all year and he's only gone up that much over the course of, you know, 13 weeks or thereabouts. So 
something to think about. Um, and it's something that I'm going to be wrestling with because like you say, Liam, I've got, got to make up ground, which I have done, but uh, to potentially make up even more ground with, you know, don't expect him to, to make 187, score 187 every no. single week. Um, that's the probably other caveat we should mention. And it goes without saying, it's pretty obvious, but if you can average around about 100 or so, 100, 120, um, and average 100, sort of 100 for the remainder of the year, that would be an ace up the sleeve, you could probably call it. Yeah, definitely. I I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Yep. I think there's merit to that trade. Yep. Uh, on the bubble, like we just mentioned there, so there isn't anyone on the bubble. Judson Clark, closest thing to uh, someone being on the bubble. So on the weekend, played his first game. He scored two early goals and finished with a score of 63, which is commendable. Um, kind of petered out of the game, unfortunately. Um, but he is one to watch this week as he will surely be rewarded with his second game. He's priced at 117.3 as a midfielder forward. So that DPP eligibility, um, again, another string to his bow and, and will help you out. Um, even if he doesn't, I guess, play uh, too many games, if he does play you know, three, four games, goes up in cash a little bit, um, it could be a nice little sort of um, loop swing option. If you are in desperate need of some warm bodies or a viable downgrade option, he probably presents as the best at the moment. Um, but probably should say, just in terms of his long-term, um, even short-term uh, job security, he's probably taken the spot of uh, Castagna and Rioli Jr. So um, hopefully he can maintain his form and you know a spot in the side should be um, assured. But uh, yeah... Hopefully that uh, coupled with the fact that uh, because at this stage of the year, we do need suitable bench cover. Um, so it's it sort of, you have to think about the merits of going for someone like him or trading in a, a genuine non-playing player loophole 102K option, which is what I did, um, as you would have heard early in the episode by trading a Clark to Mountford. Um, so if it if he isn't a good cash cow option, if you can afford to wait, I would potentially do so. Um, but if you are desperate for someone on field, if you're struggling to get, 18, 17 players. Um, I could probably say, yeah, why not? But 16 players, yeah. if you do need another player, potentially look at him. But um, yeah, it's, it's sort of a, a whole different discussion, isn't it, Liam? Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, I think it changes the, 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 the context of that. If you're not looking for a, to, to get a player on field um, for this round, you know, the likes of Tully or um, D'Ambrosio, um, yep. they're both 102K mid forward slash mid or mid uh, defensive uh, off memory. I think it's mid defensive um, yep. options who are, who would you'd expect to get a game. They might not get a game next week, but before the end of the season, you'd expect that they'd be getting some games. So at the very least, you're kind of looking forward uh, to, to how they can fit into your side. Um, but they also just give you that 102K option that, that just gives you maximum bank um, when you do trade in. Yeah, I like that. And obviously the teams will be released after we uh, release this episode. Um, but just quickly on um, D'Ambrosio, he, he had like 33 disposals on the weekend playing in yeah. the VFL uh, for you guys. Um, surely he gets a spot. So like you were saying, if you need to downgrade to someone bottom price to really get the maximum value out of uh, trading out a cash cow, um, he could definitely be one. I think he's only, unfortunately... Just yeah, he's only defender, yeah. Yeah. just looked him up just then. I thought he might have been mid for uh, mid defensive, but he's only defensive, which is a little bit painful. Yeah, but yeah, it comes down to like sort of it becomes a bit riskier this stage of this season as well because, like we've been saying, that 
there aren't really any assured rookies or cash cows to bring in. And you almost need to take that risk on, a lot of people did as well on um, Judson Clark. Without seeing any exposed form, they brought him mm. in because they were desperate to bring someone into the team because they were struggling to, to field 18 or 17 or 16, whatever situation they were in. But you almost need to do the same thing. And I don't know, as an Essendon supporter, Liam, D'Ambrosio's score, uh, sorry, score, his position in defense, is it something that um, sort of is a desperate need for the Dons, do you think? I think... And who's, whose role would he take? <sighs> His role do I think he should take or his role he should really take? Heppel. Um, See you, Heppel. Yeah, realistically, <laughs> look, I'm going to be honest. Realistically, he should take Heppel's role. Um, yep. He won't. I think maybe next year he takes Heppel's role. I wouldn't be shocked if Heppel retires. Um, yep. But beside the point, I mean, there's Cutler that sort of plays across the back line. If you're choosing between, you know, a, a rookie, like a, a, as as a, you know, pretty way Essendon had on as a selector, um, who would I rather see get some games towards the end of this season? Would I rather, you know, I know what Cutler provides um, or do I want to see what, what you know, D'Ambrosio can actually um, do? So realistically, I, I think he's, he's a decent chance of coming in um, and just sort of playing across that, that back line um, potentially. I don't know when, but I think he'll, I think he'll get a game. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like in terms, surely there comes a stage at this year, like a stage of the season where, they just have to turn their attention to youth, which is what they've been doing because a lot of the yeah. Essendon side is quite young. But, you know, you obviously brought him in in the mid-season dra- draft and you need to see what he can show at senior level before the year ends. So surely he, when he comes into the side, and hopefully it's this weekend, but surely he gets a decent run on it because it would just be sort of a slap in the face. I'm probably speaking uh, on your behalf here, Liam, as, as a supporter, but... Speaking as a Carlton supporter back, you know, when we were going shit, hopefully, you know, we finally turned the corner, um, knock on wood. But I know firsthand that there comes a stage where you need to see young players come into the side. You need to see what they'll show at senior level, whether or not, you know, they're showing signs that they can make it long term. And yeah, surely that's going to be the case with D'Ambrosio. Well, I mean, especially with those um, mid-season draft picks who often are only on that six-month contract. Get them in, get them at least to play a couple of games, see how they look. Um, Look, he showed a lot. In the in the VFL, I watched a little bit of it um, uh, live, so I, I did see him. He looked looked good, but it, it's it's you know, I mean, I'm not the selector, but I would potentially see him playing if not this week in the next couple of weeks. Perfect. Hopefully he does and uh, gives us another option. That'd be uh, be perfect. But no doubt, if he does make his uh, his debut on the weekend, we will uh, obviously speak about him then. But yeah, let's move on, Liam, to uh, our next segment and. Um, it's to do with, um, I guess, rallying around the troops, getting them into the goal square, per se, you could say, uh, with legends and, and rallying the troops with a really, really inspiring. <laughs> I can see you rolling your eyes here. I, you know who I'm referencing. I do know who you're referencing. I haven't heard it, so I don't know. I just I've avoided it because it's I, anyway. Look, I don't I've, think they I've actually. Got, um, I've got my thoughts. I know on the broadcast they said that I think it was BT was like, oh, I don't think we should be here. Should be um, we're not want to privy to this. Uh, this information that he's giving out. So we are referring, of course, to Dyson Heppel um, pre-game Essendon Carlton, where he got uh, the legends and the current day players in the goal square and was tugging on the jumper, was being passionate. He looked really passionate and I don't know uh, what he was saying, but uh, obviously it didn't really work, um, but maybe it did for a little bit. Um, but yeah, interesting. But uh, we are referring to him, of course, because he is the captain of the Essendon Footy Club and we are referring to the captains that you could look at this weekend in Liam, 
I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. God, sorry. Sorry, Liam. Sorry to, uh, to reference that. <laughs> no, no, no. All good. I, I, as I said, I, anyway, let's just, let's just get through this segment. <laughs> <laughs> let's get through this segment and get through this season by the sounds of it. Oh, Anyway, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. Surprisingly, Dyson Hebel does not feature in this episode. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, I know. Surprising. I mean, he scored 100 in the weekend somehow. Uh, but anyway, uh, first up on Thursday night from your mob, Damon, we've got Paddy Cripps up against Richmond um, at 7.20 on Thursday night, averaging 114.5 over his last four against the Tigers with scores of 132, uh, 88, 112 and 126. So a bit of a mixed bag there. But, I mean, mm. yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's hard with Cripps to look back at his recent form. Uh, sorry, his, like, past form against against teams in last seasons, late in earlier seasons. So the 132 obviously came earlier this season. Um, and he's in, in in a decent run of form, um, so I think he's he's a good option for your VC if you if you've I don't know if you want to if you've got him on your side, do it. Yep, five round average of one hundred and ten point four, three round average of one hundred and six. So in decent form, Not the greatest he had a bit of a at a, at, a, yeah. at a bit of a at a bit of a slump uh, in rounds nine and ten with scores of eighty three and seventy eight. So they kind of bring it down a bit. But his past couple of weeks, one one fourteen. Not so much a captaincy score, but 126, edging towards that uh, that decent lock-in VC score. So um, consider him. I know for a fact that he actually does, um, and the numbers there, as you read out, um, sort of back that up. He does do t- pretty well against the Tigs, um, probably more so than um, this other player that I'm about to yeah. talk about. And it is my boy, Sammy Walsh. Uh, he's averaged 73.75 over his last four against the Tigs with scores of 122, 55, 68, and just 50. So um, really only that that one score first off that um, sort of is edging towards that VC lock-in score. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's going to be a really tough game. Um, Carlton beat Richmond earlier on in the year. That, And I think I've just heard as well, considering that Collingwood beat Melbourne today, that if Carlton win, and this is hilarious for me to say as a Carlton supporter because I'd never thought I'd be saying these words. But if they beat Richmond, they're going to be equal top of the table. So there's extra incentive there. And you'd think that the likes of uh, the big guns in Cripper and my boy Walshy should come out firing. So um, think about both of those guys um, because yeah, it always helps as well having a VC first up. And if they score well, you can lock it in, throw away the key and don't have to worry about choosing that uh, dreaded C option. But there is another one, isn't there, Liam, in that exact same game? But do you have Before, some? I can see, I can see your uh, your mouth moving. You're doing some doing some numbers, crunching some numbers. I was doing you some maths. Uh, just before we uh, jump into that, just uh, Richmond give away the fifth one, two, three, four, fifth most points to inside midfielders. Oh, uh, okay. So not sort of not massive like Collingwood does or Hawthorne does, uh, but. Giveaway enough that maybe it is worth looking at Patrick Cripps or, or Sammy Walsh, um, depending on the role they play. But yes, you do reference another player from your mob. Uh, and we actually referenced them last week in our I'm the captain now as, as, a, as a decent option. And it is Sam Doherty, and it did come true. He uh, scored yeah. a scintillating 139 against my mob last weekend. I think unsurprisingly, he loves playing against us. Uh, obviously, in the same game on that Thursday night. And he's got an average of 118 points. Uh, three three over his last three against the uh, against the Tigers, with scores of one forty four, ninety four, and 
117. So mm. that 144 really would have come, and that 144 would have come at the start of the season as well. So just, you know, factor yeah. that in. Yeah, very true. Very true. His average uh, is, yeah, 112.3. Um, had a little bit of a down patch. Scored 108 in round nine against the Giants and 78 in round 10 against Sydney. Um, bit of a down patch, very much like Cripper, uh, like I mentioned. And yeah, he's, um, geez, he's a trooper. Like so much has been said about him already. But um, yeah, he's another senior player that could really turn it on in a, not a must-win game, but, you know, a game with a lot on the line uh, if yeah. the Baggers do win. So um, he's the got only, more favourable history, I think. Yeah, the only thing that I've got against him yep. is that he's only this year had three scores above 125. Yeah, okay. Uh, so that's the only thing that sort of goes against him. Obviously, one was on the weekend. one was The other one was against Richmond um, at oh, the start yeah. of the season. So, I mean, factor that in, but... Yep. Yeah, that's that's probably the only thing that I'm I'm sort of considering there, but I do like him as a as a VC option because um, you obviously get the second chance. Yep, I like it. I like it. Good option. Uh, another good option or someone to factor in is uh, Zaki Merritt, who was a popular trading option. He faces St Kilda on Friday at seven fifty p.m. and uh, I guess yeah, goes without saying. Whilst the Dons are in a little bit of a form slump, the form of Zaki Merritt defies that, especially against St Kilda, where his lowest score against them in his past seven matches has been 97. So his form mm. line over that stretch reads 115, 97, 108, 121, 120, 100, and 129 for an average of 112.85. So I guess, yeah, the only downside is his three-round average is 107.33, which isn't really overly appealing, but it's that high floor and you know somewhat high ceiling in a few of those games there that could provide a uh, solid buffer. But yeah, like you mentioned with Doc, you know maybe there's three games out of that, out of that um, that patch that I just mentioned, that uh, potential sort of C scores, um, but good run of form, good high ceiling. Yeah, if, if look, I'm gonna just be contrary here. If I had him yep. on my side, he wouldn't be my VC or C. Yep. Um, I just don't think, I just don't trust him. I just don't trust him to score above 125. Um, I think he'll score that above 100. Um, but I don't think you'll be strong enough to be a VC option. What about uh, um, just in terms, just quickly, because um, Parrish yeah. potentially won't play this weekend. How do you think he will go without Parrish there? Um, just thinking in terms mm, of points question. that has to, you know, be divvied out a bit bit more. Is there potential there that that maybe elevates his ceiling a little bit more? It's potentially, sort of hard to say, but potentially, it's hard to say without having considering Parrish hasn't not played. Yeah. Um, Look, I mean, we also went into the numbers last week. Merritt scores really well after the bye um, on the second half of the season. So, I mean, there's every chance that he does score quite well. Um, obviously, with Parrish potentially out, that also could affect it. I mean, I, I'd assume that someone like a Caldwell um, or even Stringer gets more centre bounce time. Um, so that probably doesn't help Merritt as much. Um, but potentially. I, I mean, it's just I don't know whether... I mean, as a VC, you, you get the risk. Um, you take the risk, but I think there's better options um, that you can rely on this round. So also in that match against uh, in that Friday night match at 7.50, we have Jack Sinclair, obviously from St Kilda against Essendon, averaged 77 against the Dons with scores of 47, 59, 118 and 64, but he has a juicy three-round average of 132. And if you look back at the form of, you know, like for likes, 
um, of Saad and Doherty last week against the Dons. Sinclair presents as a pretty awesome option for your VC, if you ask me. I think uh, could be could be a bit of a pod VC option. Like you mentioned, he's in a hot runner form. Three round average of one thirty two. It's insane, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. It's it's crazy. You're crazy. Uh, moving on to uh, another crazy option is uh, Kellum Mills. Uh, he faces Port Adelaide on Saturday at 1.45pm. He's averaged a 76.25 in his last four against the power with scores of 111, 104, a 50 and a 40. But it is his high ceiling this year that makes him a juicy option because he is a bit of a, a different commodity this season because he is exclusively in the midfield, whereas I'm guessing, especially those last two scores that are out there, 50 and a 40, he wasn't playing in the midfield. So he is a juicy option uh, and he's had five scores this season above 125. So uh, he's got that high ceiling that you really, really want and love as a captaincy option. Definitely. Uh, moving on, Josh Dunkley against GWS on Saturday at 7.25. And he's probably probably the pick for this round. And he's averaged a whopping 143 over his last three against the Giants with scores of 132, 128 and 169. So all of those very nice captain scores. He had a bit, bit of a downer against the Cats in his last game, scoring just 66, which uh, was his lowest score of the season. However, he was averaging 116 prior to that game and has only scored below 100 in three out of 12 games. So look for him to bounce back this week. And I think he will. I think he will. Another teammate of his, uh, Jack McRae, uh, obviously in the same game. He's averaged 120 over his last five outings against the Giants with scores of 140. 133, 105, and 120, and a 102 as well. So he hasn't really been in the hottest form of late, uh, especially in comparison to last year where he was absolutely on fire. However, he is averaging uh, just, uh, you know, over a 104.3 over his past three games. So, you know, you should perhaps temper expectations. Uh, sort of, you know, don't get too caught up on that historical data and form line against the Giants because he isn't in the best run of form at the moment. No, definitely. I think that's that's a fair call. Uh, moving on, we've got Rory Laird against the Suns on Sunday at 3.20, and he is averaging 96 over his last four against the Suns with scores of 97, 103, 93, and 91. But he does come into the game with a three-round average of 119.7 and a uh, five-round average of 124.8. So, yeah, could be, could be a nice little sneaky option for your Sunday Arvo. Mm, I like it. I like it. Uh, another option is uh, Tuki Miller in that same game, and he's averaged 93.5 in his last four games against the Crows with scores of 78, 126, 96, and 74. So a little bit of a mixed bag, but his recent form, you know, again, up and down with scores of 167, 109, and a 59 in his last three matches, but he has gone above 125 on five occasions this season so far. So again, um, He's very much uh, in the realm of, of captaincy discussions there because of that. So uh, think about him potentially as uh, as a C option if your VC fails. Yes, and now onto the honourable mentions, Damon. You've uh, you got got an option here. Yes, it's uh, I've written down as a, a bit of a tentative one. I wouldn't say he's, he's an assured option, but uh, Timmy English. Uh, I've written him down here because he's averaging a one twenty one point one this year and comes again. It comes up against a bit of an unknown quantity at the Giants, uh, as we mentioned earlier on in the episode. Question marks of a Proust being out of favour and uh, Flynn getting absolutely pantsed in the ruck against North, conceding 60 hitouts to just his 11. So 
if they uh, if they bring back Flynn, I should say, as their preferred ruck, which would be quite interesting, uh, considering his form on the weekend. English could have a very big day out. So um, think about that. Look out for that. And uh, yeah, if you're struggling for options, but considering he is playing in that same game as Josh Dunkley, you'd say that he's going to be a very, very big pod captaincy option if you're going to do that because a lot of people exactly. will be going for dunks, you'd think, especially off the back yeah. of uh, what we've just read out. Yes. Now, Damon, what? let's go through our selections. Chuck it to you yes, first. let's do it. Let's do it. So um, uh, I'm generally torn between uh, my two guys and Kripa and my boy Walshy for the VC. Uh, Kripa obviously has the better form of recent times against the TIG, so I may sway towards him, unfortunately. Sorry, Walshy. I think I, I put too much pressure on him with the VC first up um, on the weekend, so... I'll probably lean towards Kripa potentially. As for the C, Dunkley's form, like we said, against the Giants can't be ignored. So he will be the C if the VC fails. What about yourself, Liam? Yes, uh, Cripps, I think, presents as a very juicy option for mine. Uh, but for something a little bit different, I may go for Sinclair Ooh. as the VC. I don't mind. I don't know. I think just I like at it. my point of the season, I just need to yep. just throw caution to the wind. Um, I don't mind Sinclair as the VC. I think there's some upside to that um but as you said dunks is very hard to pass up for the c i like it i like it lamb well let's move into our next segment because we do have a few questions that have been sent in by the good folk yes. of the Supercoach edge community and it is in the next segment liam of i got to know hey i got to know maddie tex at tex maddie and i'll throw this one to you first up liam because I need a drink. Yep. My, my mouth is getting dry. Uh, <laughs> thoughts on Dacos. I feel trading him this week to a primo outweighs any potential extra cash he could make. So uh, it's a bit of a discussion point um, that we sort of touched on earlier in the episode. Um, yep. What are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think trading him this week to a primo is better than considering, you know, he might, he's going to make probably like 30K-ish extra. I can see the benefit of holding him, but he's not going to... I mean, if you've got 18 this week or 19 or 20, I don't know. Maybe if you've got... If, you, if you're strapped for... Not strapped, you're the opposite. You're flush with uh, with players playing this week. Then maybe it's worth... Maybe you could hold him. If you don't, I think it's better off trading him and you're going to trade him in. At the end of the day, you know, you, you don't win based off the amount of cash you make. You win off the base of how many points you're scoring. So I personally would be moving him on um for a primo but i can see it both ways i can see it just it really comes down to your team i think if you have if you are if you are flush with uh with scoring options this week then you could potentially hold him um but realize that you're gonna have to wait two weeks for him to make that extra cash it's, he's not going to make any cash this week you're gonna have to wait another game and then trade him out after that yeah that's a very good point very very good point especially if you're looking at a primo that this week has a lowish break even or you yeah. know, a primo that could, you know, off the back of that go up in price even further. So if, if there's a primo, for example, that's going to go up, you know, 30 K for example, because day cost is going to go up 30 K. It sort of cancels each other out. So obviously you'd be bringing in the primo this week because they're going to be netting you those extra points. Day cost obviously has the buy, which also helps with that decision. So think of it in that term, in those terms, if you're going to be bringing in a primo, that's, going to go up in price there's no use holding on to a day cost and as you say you don't play the game to to generate cash um unless of course you are looking to target a, a primo that is on the buy this week 
sharing the same buy yeah. as Dacos. Um, and then, you know, you can afford to potentially wait a week uh, for that, um, for the next round when Dacos plays where he makes a 30K and helps bridge the gap where if you do need that extra cash to, to trade him up to a, another primo. But I am, yeah, kind of comes down to, as you said, the position you're in, um, how much cash you have in the bank already. Um, but I wouldn't be sort of leaning on, you know, holding someone for an extra week because they're going to make an extra 30K because that's not assured. As we know, as you can attest to, Liam, if Dacos, for example, knock on wood, uh, goes down early in the game with an injury, you've shot yourself in the foot because you could have traded him to a, a, an out-and-out primo. If Dacos falls below his break-even, he's going to lose cash. He's not going to obviously make that 30K that you're hoping he's going to make. Um, and you've, you've done done yourself over. So you've got to think of it in that terms as well. You can't just... You know, think of think think of positive. Um, you got to think realistically, um, and you got to also weigh it up with um, with some of the shit that could be thrown your way. Like, yeah, you've uh, you've had to catch across the journey. Well, the other thing is, I mean, again, touch wood. He could get injured at training. He could um, yep. get COVID, and it's another week out. Um, you know, Spot there's on. all these other options where it could be a case of yes, it's it's only right now. It only seems like it's two weeks, but realistically, it could be three, three, four. It could be, and as you said, it could be an injury in game as well. Um, or it could even just have a down game. Um, and I think at the end of the day, you need to think about the points that you're also going to be missing out on if that does happen. Yeah, so now let's move on to the next question. It is Freeze, and he is on Twitter at, at FreezeE77. <laughs> it's Freeze with, a, with an added E and an added, oh no, added Z. Yeah, an added yeah, Z. Especially all and they're both capital. Z. Yeah, interesting. So I felt like it needed to be done differently. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, uh, and his question is, Freeze asks, what's your total points? What's the total points you're aiming for over the three buy rounds? For me, it's 6K. I would love to hear your thoughts. Cheers. Damon, I'm going to throw that straight to you because I'm not really considering the buy rounds. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, I think it's a bit hard to sort of, we had a brief discussion off here. It's really mm. hard to, to assign a set number of points over the buy period or, you know, from for each individual buyer because you know going into the weekend i was i was looking at having uh 18 players and then of course we had uh rioli that was dropped uh who else was there uh there was another player uh mcdonald i oh, know sorry mcdonald was in the buy i oh, know yeah mcdonald was dropped so there was two players there that immediately went out of my side so you can't really think oh well i'm going to be assured of you know trying to get uh, what did he say? They're 6K uh, over the three buy rounds. For me, I try and look at it in more sort of micro terms as opposed to macro, which is he, what, which is what he's done over the three buy weeks. I try and look at it in smaller bite-sized chunks. So from week to week, if I can get 18 players on the park, that's all I'm hoping for. As to what they score, like we mentioned off air, Liam, it, it kind of, it's up to the super coach gods. We can't dictate yeah. how they're going to score from week to week. Um, what we can control is the number of players that we can potentially have on field. But like I mentioned in my own terms there, Rioli Jr. got dropped, McDonald got dropped. So immediately I went from 18 players in that week to 16. So then I had to potentially use an extra trade, which is what I did in order to bring bring myself up to 17 um, players on that given week. So yeah, I think for me, looking at it in simplistic terms, yeah, 18 players a week, but hopefully I can net hundred points per player, um, which, you know, if you have 18, if you get 1800, uh, awesome. Um, anything more than that? Perfect. For me, I, uh, averaged, uh, I don't know what it was, is a hundred and something. 
I can't, I haven't got to do the maths in my head, but obviously I only had 17 plays and I scored 1933. So it was well above the 100 per player mark. Um, so yeah, I think that's kind of what I try and aim for. But yeah, simplistic terms, trying to aim for 18 players per week. If they score well, awesome. If they don't, then you can't control it. Don't stress too much. What about you, Liam? Yeah, I think like, as you said, I think, and as any good coach would say in general, you got to control the controllables. Um, and the only thing you can't control is the number of what? players that you have on field. Um, you can't control what they score at the end of like, you know, if, if we could, then we'd all be scoring top points. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think, I think it's hard for me to say, all right, this is the total points I'm aiming for because at the end of the day, even week to week, you know, the par, the par score kind of changes. Um, it's not like every week it's, it's, it's the same. So I see where you're going with it, but I think for me, it's really more about controlling what I can and that's controlling the number of players I have. Um, normally what's what I would be considering. So I'd be trying to, you know, aim for that 18 each round. Um, and that's what puts you in the best, or 18 plus, because obviously that puts you in the best position you can be. If you've got 19, 20 players, then at least, you know, you've, you've got two players that are surplus and you're, you're going to get the best scores that you can. Yeah, spot on. And that's, that's pretty wise as well. As you said, con- control the controllables. Um, good, good thing to live by, I think. And yeah, it's, it's, as you said, it's the goalposts are always shifting when it comes to what is considered par from week to week. Yeah. Um, like using the past couple of rounds or the first, you know, two buy rounds in my situation, as an example, first week of the buys, I scored 1934 and on the weekend, obviously the second buy week scored 1933, one digit difference. And the first week, <clears throat> the weekly um, ranking was 12,831. And on the weekend, it was 8,240. So 4,000 ranking points difference. And I only scored one less point. Yeah, so, with one less player. Yeah, one less player, exactly. And yeah, that kind of, it, it's shifting from week to week. So, you know, what you think might be a good score might be a shit score. And what you think might be a shit score might be a good score. So it's it just changes from week to week. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, let's let's move on to the next segment, Damon, and that is the group rankings. So let's uh, let's quickly take a look at who's, who's the highest score for the round 13. Yes, the highest score for round, th- <laughs> round 13, because we probably all know who the uh, highest score overall is. Uh, highest scorer for round 13 was Jason with his team G-Train. Uh, scored 2,142. So awesome score there by Jason with a round rank of 75. Guess what? What? Guess what? He's done it. Tyler's. Oh, he's done it again. He's not on roll high score oh, again. Seven, seven weeks. weeks in a row. Seven wow. weeks of cream pies. <laughs> so many cream pies. And this week, G-Train. Now, if it was the G-Train that used to play for St. Kilda and West Coast, geez, you'd... <laughs> He'd be walking out of the bakery with armfuls of cream pies because of his big mitts, mm-hmm. you know? That's not yeah. getting at. Yep. Exactly. Yeah, that's, where, that's where I thought you were going. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes, uh, his total score is 30,246 and his overall rank is eighth and he remains equal there. So he's very much in the in the running for the top prize, which is which is nice to see. Yeah, he's absolutely smashed it. And he, he is, I think it's at the moment, we should... I know we kind of say we mop at the moz on it, but he is in the in the area now, the realm of dethroning Blackie White. 
Mm. Black on white. Blacky white? Black. Uh, Blackie I always get confused. I think Arthur, it's Arthur, black on white. Black on yep, white. Yeah, Arthur. Dethroning Arthur's score uh, or consecutive run of uh, of holding mm. uh, holding the top rank. So good work to him. But um, yeah, just having a quick look as well. Um, He's 400 or 357, eight points off top spot, I think, off quick match. Oh, wow. And he's ahead of, so in second spot is Shep Screamers um, on the tail of Cream Pies, Tyler and Tyler. And Tyler of Cream Pies is uh, Quick Mass 350 points ahead at the moment. So he is holding sway uh, very, very nicely in terms of that. Yeah, so, so keep it going. Uh, Tyler from Cream Pies is 357 points off top spot. Um, wow. Top spot is being... Is going pretty well. He's got 141 points off second spot as well, which is pretty good. Oh, wow. Yeah. Doing doing very, very well. But um, amongst all that, if you want to enter the Supercoach Edge group, which you can do at uh, any time, obviously, as we say every week, the code is 142059. So if you think you say, for example, you know, you're equal, or sorry, if you're ninth, overall and you're listening to this podcast join <laughs> and see if you can give tyler of cream pies a run for his oh. money because <laughs> or maybe not do you want to know he's in do you want to know he's in ninth what the team oh, is no. <laughs> oh no oh no oh yes oh yes all right so they're they're they're, they're they've just put their initial which is t that's their name t oh perfect yep yep, yep. And their, that. <laughs> their team name is prostitutes inc <laughs> interesting or if you're in alternatively if you are brad of team bite who is online at the moment as i look at the <laughs> rankings team bite you could be up there with cream pies we're having too much fun with this aren't we yeah <laughs> yeah or what about if you're jarvis currently ranked number 11th overall of jarvis buffs <laughs> ripper Join in, join in. So you could be among the top <laughs> echelon uh, as Tyler. So check it out. Uh, join. It's not too late. Never too late. We probably should have a cutoff point, I think, because otherwise yeah, it is. Because otherwise it's not fair. Because you know, it's not fair. Number one could just jump in and. Yeah, exactly. Take. He hasn't been here all the time. So. Yep. Well, we'll consider that. Yeah. Maybe, maybe at the maybe at the end. Maybe this is the last week. Come the end of the bye bye weeks, mm. you can't join anymore. Yeah. So we'll so listen to it now, watching us. If you haven't joined, now is your last chance. One four two zero five nine Supercoach Edge Group League. Uh, check it out and um, see if you're in the running. But uh, just in terms of socials, Liam, before we sign off, where can our <laughs> listeners and viewers find us? Yeah, so on YouTube, if you search Supercoach Edge, uh, you'll find us there. You can watch us um, in video format. It's very nice. Mm. You can get to see Damon and I. Uh, wearing big freeze beanies and yeah. uh, don't forget to like and subscribe on Twitter. You'll find us at, at supercoach underscore edge, Damon at Damo J 88, myself at, at Liam Evans underscore 95 and on Facebook and Insta, just search supercoach edge and yeah, you'll find us there. Very nice. Well, uh, I ended last week's episode by using the, um, I don't know, what would you call it? The, it was um, chips. 
ships. It was, it was the ship analogy, metaphor. analogy, yeah. metaphor, yeah, metaphor. analogy. Yeah, I always get them yeah. confused. Analogy, metaphor. Uh, I think it would have been analogy. Analogy, yeah, analogy. Let's go with analogy. I guess, yeah. So, yeah. Um, so I spoke of it in ship form when I was saying that we're riding the biowaves. <laughs> <laughs> And we went over the first bio wave. We're like, yeah, this is good. Yeah. Then there was another one on the horizon. We've since gone over just, we, yeah. we almost lost our crew. We lost the ship, almost snapped in half Titanic style, but we're still yeah. floating. We're, st- we're still keeping Barely. our necks above water. We've lost a few crew members that have gone overboard, <laughs> um, only down to 16. But it's the last wave, the last wave. But it is a big wave. It is a big wave. So let's see if we can... If we can navigate through it or even around it, let's just try and find a way around it. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Mm, yeah. Can you do that? that? Can nice. you navigate around, around a wave? Surely. I mean, it's probably going to go a long way, but. Yeah. Oh, actually, let's, let's change it. Okay. <laughs> the third fire week isn't a wave, it's an iceberg, Titanic style. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. We can yeah so we can navigate that. around that. Okay. Because we want to get out of these bye weeks with still our ship intact. We don't want to be ending snapped in half, Titanic style. Jack, Jack. Where are you, Jack? Like, you know, floating on a bloody door when you can actually fit someone else. That's a different, that's a different thing. Mm. You know, because... That is true, though. Because she could she could have fit someone Rose. else on that door. Buddy Rose. Oh, so Rose. selfish. And Jack was the selfless one. I'll just freeze to death. Oh, it's all right. But, you know, you'll be nice and cozy on a big door. But anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> so we've seen the iceberg in the distance. This is This is representative of the last bye week we can get around it lamb i'm positive you've been positive this whole whole episode so tip of the beanie to uh, you i'm just gonna drive straight at it <laughs> just career through it yeah remember that's what they should have done with titanic they kind of eased off and mm-hmm. tried to go around it and then scrape yeah. the side of the ship maybe that was the just issue. go straight through it yeah that's what i'm gonna do <laughs> it's gonna hit it head first. <laughs> first that being said i do have i mean assuming that there's no carnage Yep. I have enough players. I have more than enough players. So oh, well, if you lose a couple of cruise members, who cares? Yeah, so it's, it's okay. Who cares? Just chuck them off. Exactly. You know what we're going to be doing? We're going to fire up the band as they did in Titanic, which always amuses <laughs> yeah. me. Where they're just going, they do like they know they're going down. It's just like fire up the band. That's what I'm going to do. Let's get let's get the violins yeah. out. Yeah. The big big oboe and all other is that an instrument? That's an instrument. All other yeah. instruments. And we're going to get out of this by period. And we're going to get out of this episode right now because it's been going for way too long. <laughs> I love that you went straight from violins to oboes. You didn't, you didn't go, you know, trumpets or anything that? that was a little more mainstream. Yeah. They would just start playing Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, let's uh, let's sign off on this episode. And um, thanks again for joining us. And Liam, we'll be back this time next week, hopefully, with the uh, rest of our crew members to do it all again. Yes. We'll, uh, we'll catch you then. See you guys. Good luck. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 